Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Slasher Supreme. I'm your host Christopher and today I have with me my friend Luke. And today we're going to be going over the 2019 Pet Cemetery that just came out Friday. We just were four days late, but we're getting it. Anyways, let's get into the review, shall we? Pet Cemetery from 2019 was directed by Kevin Colch and Dennis Widmire. This is going to be a little bit of a different review. I actually don't have a script. It's going to be like a first impressions. So, what do you think of the film? Well, Luke. first off, thanks for letting me on your episode. Yeah. Um, I guess should you go ahead and warn your viewers that you might have another special guest? Oh yes, my cat is also present with us on the table. So, Which is very fitting for yes, this episode. it is very fitting. Even though he kind of looks like the cat as well. Kind of. Kind of. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Anyways. Uh, so what do you think of the movie? Um, overall, I thought it was better than the original. Um, I definitely don't think it was perfect or amazing, but it definitely was really enjoyable. Um, uh, your cat agrees. Yes. Um, it was enjoyable. Um, a lot of the horror moments were memorable. Not necessarily always in the film's oh, intended yeah. maybe reason, but the movie was a lot of fun, I would say. Since you've actually seen the first one, or the original, and I haven't, how would you compare them? Um, I, mean, I, I didn't grow up with the original, um, but I watched it maybe twice. I watched it when I was really young, and then I watched it... <laughs> thank you, Ash. <laughs> and I watched it um, about half a year ago again. So it's kind of still in my mind. Um, the first one very much has a TV feel to it, like a TV movie kind of feel to it. Um, it's got some neat little gore moments, but the thing that always stood out to me was how Zelda was portrayed. Which, oh, God. Which, I thought the Zelda thing, and then I haven't seen the original, the explanation that the old man gives is completely... Yeah, uh, yeah. You you can go ahead. You can give the original his backstory for that uh, one. The now. original backstory of the original is this old man is a bit of a jerk, and he tries to be nice to this family by bringing their cat back. However, the whole time he knows how terrible of an idea this is and how terrible it'll go based on... I, I suppose we can do spoilers, right? Yeah. Well, Based on the fact that... Oh, do you know what? Oh, yeah. Major spoilers for this one. Sorry, for, we forgot to mention that at the beginning of this episode. But, uh... I'll give you, like, three seconds to click off. Okay, we're good. Anyways. Okay. So, spoilers, spoilers. This guy had his dog come back to life and his wife. And he had to kill both of them because they were insane after they came back from the dead. But he still feels... In both films, he feels it necessary to convince his his friendly neighbor to make the worst decision of his life. So I I feel like neither one of the scripts for these movies no. are are that good. 
for that reason. Because you pointed out that you like it better in this film the way because he doesn't seem as complete of an idiot. He doesn't seem as the remake. In the remake, he he famously says in both films, "Sometimes dead's better." Which, if I was that husband, I'd just look at him and say, "Why why would you do this then? Why why would you convince me to go to this place?" Yeah, because I mean, you told me about the original film. It's he already he's done it like twice. Yes. Yeah. And he still doesn't learn from it. In this film, they do the same thing, except he talks about his dog. And he's like, well, I resurrected the dog. It was, Biffer. Yeah, he's a good sniffer. Yeah. God. And he's like, it, it was already, it was kind of aggressive beforehand, so I didn't really think anything of it. Yeah. I thought the cat would be different. They didn't really specify that he resurrected his wife in the remake, though. Yeah, that's kind of a twist that comes later, which is, I think, a good scene when yeah. that's kind of shut up. Which, um, I can't remember the actor in the original, but I did like John Lithgow in this film. I genuinely like him, but, yeah, he's he's just a bit of a jerk for not it's telling this guy what he's about to do with yeah, his life. Yeah, the whole thing is, they even look at a book, and it shows the Wendigo, which is what apparently possesses the bodies which that, doesn't make any sense that's the other thing with the lord of pet cemetery i don't understand it at all but the other thing they look into this book and they see these symbols and the old man's like yeah that's warning symbols to stay away from this place but yet he leads this guy willingly to this horrific place yeah he basically takes him through the most scary place ever but yeah it's i guess we're rambling to an extent yeah. but it it's never been a big favorite of mine because the story is kind of a little bit all over the place. Um, so the, pretty much this beginning of the film, for those of you that don't know, is the family is moving from Boston, Massachusetts. They couldn't find any other place to live, so they moved to Maine, of of course. They need to make it prevalent because even the wife wears a Maine t-shirt. Well, so. it was Stephen King. He yeah. gets he gets a tax check every time. <laughs> every time he makes a movie yeah. or a book with Maine. Yeah, yeah, he gets five dollars. But yes, they apparently they buy a house. The property apparently includes a pet cemetery that's in the backyard, which we have to get into that because there's a huh. scene that we bothers both of us. But um, the daughter this time around dies. He resurrects her. And then it kind of spirals out of control there. But the scene that bothers us in the very beginning of the movie, it's their, not even their first day there. I think like, it's like the, the first morning It's almost. like, it, yeah, they, I don't know, they really don't describe it. Well, he's at work, so. Yeah, yeah, so it's their first day there. And the wife sees these kids wearing animal masks, rolling out a dead dog out in the middle of the woods. and doesn't say anything about it. They're beating a little drum. <laughs> They're beating a drum, rolling a dead dog in a wheelbarrow out to the pet cemetery, and they don't mention... Any, she doesn't mention anything of this to anybody. No, and... Yeah, she doesn't really... She just, She's more worried during that scene about having to explain to her daughter what a procession is. Yeah. More so than the creepiest thing ever, strolling through your backyard, which apparently is a tradition. In this weird-ass town. When, when your pup dies, you got to take him to the most creepy place in the world. you got to call three friends... And you gotta get a wheelbarrow and beat a drum. Which, uh, I told you in that theater, it bugs me that they can make a whole cemetery, but they can't spell the word cemetery, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I guess, to throw off the tourists, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> throw... uh, I, I don't know. It, it, again, it's, I don't really like the lore of pet cemeteries. Because <laughs> you got Wendigos, you got a pet cemetery, which the town uses... But they don't really use the real burial ground. The real burial ground... That's another thing that bothers us. ...is about a mile through Mordor. And then you get there, 
and yeah, there's a Wendigo. Also, the father who works in the ER tries to save a kid from that just gotten hit by a car. Yeah, that's a, uh, a huge point in this film. Yeah, it's, kid, he's at work and a kid gets hit by a car, and he's a nurse before he moves, so he's already experienced death. But for some reason, this one kind of it affects him because he's trying to get away from that. He's trying to get away from the death. Um, and he didn't think he was going to get anything horrific. Little does he know, his neighbor set him up for fail there. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the the guy dies in his arms, more or less, and then he haunts him, and he's like, hey, bud, you save, you tried to save me, so from the grave, I'm going to try to help you by... Telling you to stay away. Vaguely telling you to stay away uh, from this. So you got ghosts, you got Wendigos, Creepy. you got... Scooby-Doo old men. You, you got a Scooby-Doo grandpa that lives next door. Um, and you have a town that apparently buries their dogs. Yeah. But not in the right spot. Yeah, that's another thing about this is we talked about... So there's the pet cemetery, what you see, and then there's this giant, like, wall of wood that's supposedly to keep people out. But mm-hmm. they later on go into the film, the father the cat dies they resurrect the cat so the father's wondering what's going on and he finds like old newspaper clippings on google saying that like stuff's been resurrected kind of yeah vaguely so it doesn't make any sense that they like half-ass it they take it to where it needs to go but they don't enter they just stop like right outside the front door yeah it's again it's weird just kind of some of the things in this movie and the original and I've never read the book. Yeah, um, I mean, so, neither of us have. So. so I don't know if the Wendigo plays more of a part in it. In this, it's just stated. You hear him howling. Um, you think you're going to see it. But you never you do. do. Um, it's just kind of disappointing because yeah. in the book they had a really interesting design for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But you never see it, and it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, overall, like... The story, it just, you know, it's one bad decision after bad decision. I feel like, you, in, uh, looking at this film, I feel like you liked it a little bit more than I did. I, yeah, I very much I did. I mean... I very much did. There is one scene that we both thoroughly enjoyed, and we cannot stop well, cracking up in the we theater. Should, we should talk about just kind of the the film, um, like the reasoning for why they keep experiencing these visions. That plays a part in it as well. Cause, um, yeah, because the, the forest somehow amplifies their... Like, fears and fears. regrets. So, the mother had a sister, and she apparently, from what you've told me, had scoliosis, which I didn't know. That she, I, she, she had some... She, she I mean, her, if you... <laughs> you go ahead. I mean, her, her back was some kind of crooked. Um, I, she looks like a monster when you first see her. Um, she's basically committed to a, a bed, um, and her back is just all over the place. One night, she she's left alone with Zelda. The the mother is left alone with the yes, sister yeah, Zelda. Yeah, yeah, when she's younger, and so she doesn't want to go visit her because the sister creeps around and says horrible things to her. Yeah, so she's like, I know, I'll put her meal in a dumb waiter and send <laughs> it up to her. And when she sends the food up to her in a she, dumb waiter, she says, uh, I know it doesn't work. We've already the whole family knows that, but we'll send it up. I send it up anyway, just because I didn't want to deal with her. And it leads to the best death I think I've seen in the film. Uh, I mean, that's one saving grace of this film because I I laughed so hard. But the sister apparently eats the food in the in the dumb waiter. It comes back down, and somehow she just fucking dive bombs down the shaft on top of this thing. <laughs> so she dies by dumb waiter. Yes. Um. 
I, I, the only thing I think of is she jumped in there to eat her food and fell down with Which it. Which doesn't make any sense. Cause do, I don't know. But it, it was... I, I laughed. It was, I laughed so good. It's the dumbest thing in the movie, and they play it so serious. Because they yeah. show it multiple yeah. times after that, and it's hilarious. Yeah. But... Yeah. You got the forest kind of bringing back hilarious, not intended, flashbacks of their lives, and it's, messing with their brains a little bit, and then... Of course, the cat dies. Oh, yes, the cat. Okay, so the cat gets hit by a semi-truck. Apparently, there's where they're, they move to. It's just a road that semis are known to speed down going 75 miles an hour, apparently. Yeah. No brakes, but they run over a cat, so they resurrect that. So the cat comes back, and it doesn't look very friendly whatsoever. No, it almost immediately is a monster. Which... <laughs> Well, me and you were making jokes the entire time, like, oh, great, we got that cat back. It's yeah, just... it, it doesn't like them at all. I would say, though, the cat is nicer in this one than the original. Oh, really? Yeah, because the cat, I don't even think it let Cage play with it when it came back. Because I know in this film it kind of, like, it takes it a little bit. Yeah, there's, like, a five-minute grace period before <laughs> yes, they go. It's a grace period before, before the cat. Before they go insane. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, at least there's that, and that's one thing I do like about the film. They kind of expand it where it's not as quick. Um, but, and then of course... When the daughter dies, I mean, you... Yeah, and that, that was one thing I kind of enjoyed about the film. Um, they subvert kind of somewhat of your expectations based on the original film, because... Oh yeah, because there is a... Because the, because you're... As someone that's watched the original, you're expecting the son to die. The son even looks very similar, but, um, he's running for the road, and the father actually catches the son before he gets into the road. And then the daughter actually gets hit. So it was kind of surprising, because I didn't see a lot of the promotional material, but I was expecting the son to be... Yeah, they set it up where both the kids are going to get killed. Yeah. Because um, the, the father drops the cat off in the middle of the woods. Well, he's done with it. The, uh, the daughter gets upset and actually sees the cat back on the road, so comes out there to you know, play with it, and then the son runs out in the middle of the road. The dad only has time to save the son. Then the daughter gets... Fucking cream with the damn thing. Yeah, it's an elaborate death. The not she doesn't just get simply hit by a semi. The semi jackknives. The trailer flies off and skids across the road. And then slams into her. Slams into her, and she's dead. But so. even though it slams into her and doesn't leave her like paint on the concrete, she pretty much is in perfect condition almost. Yeah, for when she's resurrected. And I mean those. Uh, Almost said taxidermist. Those, uh, <laughs> those, uh, the the folks at the funeral home did a wonderful job on her. They should be commended. It was just a few staples, and then she was all good. Yeah, she just has a few staples in her head, um, but she's obviously brought back to life in a and better way, actually. In a better way. Um, anyway, as you were saying, sorry, I'm not to deal with my dog right now. Yeah, uh, along with the cat, we also have a dog yeah. that's guest hosting. Yeah. But um, yeah, they. Obviously, the daughter dies, and... It, he brings her back after knocking out the old man for whatever freaking reason. Yeah, I don't... Because he... Because the old man begins to realize that the father wants to bring the daughter back to yeah. the cemetery, which you have to... You said you like more than the original. Yeah, because... Well, in the original, he just has a nightmare of him doing it. Yeah. And he wakes up in the morning, and he's got dirt all over his feet in the bed. Like, he doesn't even realize that he brought Cage back. In yeah. this one, he makes more of a conscious decision, which I kind of liked. Um, and it, I don't know, I thought Jason... Is it Jason Clark? 
I think that's his Yeah, name. I thought he did a really good job, too. Um, I kind of liked him in the film. You said that in the original one, when Cage came back, he just kind of... Yeah, like, that's, that's again, one thing I really liked about this film, because I have problems with the original script. But this one, they had that five-minute grace period, though yeah. five minutes as it was, it was nice that they had, like, just this glimmering little second of, oh, maybe this will work out. Yeah, because um, the daughter comes back and is actually kind of normal for a little bit. Slightly. She's out of it, but you can see, like, maybe this could work. She doesn't immediately go stabby-stab like uh, Cage does. But she... Um, Cage just immediately, from what I remember, goes to Grandpa's house and just... Murders him. Murders him. <laughs> Which, um... How do you feel about that when the family... Okay, so, after the daughter dies, the mother and Cage leave. And the father stays back at the house, who's, of course, the one that resurrects the daughter. How did you feel about the whole him trying to bond with her, I guess, in that sense? I know you said you liked it, but how did you feel, really? Could you believe it, or no? Uh, as much as I could. Um, I mean, it, it, was, it wasn't bad. I mean, they bonded okay. Um, like I said, it's better than nothing at all, which yeah. is what the original had. So it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I, I liked that this movie kind of gave the father it kind of amplified a little bit more that he was kind of losing his mind and he was it kind of gave him a little bit of hope and it kind of was nice even though it's obviously fucking fleeting yeah pretty much uh especially at that point when his um wife comes back and realizes what he has done and does not want to be around him. yeah yeah even though in that case when that happens she doesn't leave. She just goes upstairs to the yeah. Upstairs the she house. goes up there just so she can be cannon fodder. Um, yeah, she just immediately goes upstairs after talking. Um, and then that's kind of when the movie kind of starts to fall apart um, because it's just yeah dumb decision after dumb decision. Which I mean, granted, this film is the bedrock is bad decisions. <laughs> God, I mean, I'm trying to think at which point I kind of checked out. It wasn't. It was probably not before the dumbwaiter scene. I think it was after the dumbwaiter scene. Yeah. Because like I said, they played that whole uh, extremely like it was serious. So the ending part when they the killings happened is just it didn't make it. Yeah, it's you're kind of. I mean, it's kind of a trope in these films. It's you know they you get annoyed with decision making. Because um, she could have left because they were downstairs. Yeah, it's just... Um, the daughter starts to try to kill the mother and Cage, and the mother breaks the second-story window to get out. Yeah, to get Cage out And there. the father's underneath there, so she's going to toss Cage down below. And it takes... She asks him, like, six or seven times if he's going to be able to catch Cage. He's like, yeah, I got him. Yeah. She doesn't. She waits till the daughter pretty much has the knife, like a knife in her back, before she lets go of the kid. Yeah. Which... And then I kind of like how that reveal is... Um, no, the ending you want to talk well, about? Well, no, not the oh, ending necessarily, but just, um, you know, when she's stabbed, she just kind of has a heart-to-heart -heart with her daughter, in quotes, but she kind of realizes that's not really her daughter, yeah. and I'm not sure exactly the lore um, in it, but she basically hints, the daughter hints that she's just damned in hell oh, yeah. from being brought back, and that the mother has this coming for wishing... Her sister was wishing her sister when she was younger to die that she was just a bad person. So it almost implies, 
I don't know. They like it's almost a demon that possesses these kids, or but it's not a demon. It's a Wendigo. It's a Wendigo. Again, this movie's lore kind of confuses me, but um, yeah, she she dies, and then it's a, yeah, it's a kind of a nice scene. Not a nice scene, but it's a better scene than some of it. Yeah. Again, I kind of like the film for actually giving a little bit of reasoning behind some of this stuff but and a little bit of more moments because I think um, um, Tasha Yar from Star Trek plays the wife in the original and she just I'm trying to remember how she dies but her face gets really messed up but I think she she, she has like a second where she's like hey you're back and then stab yeah. and then it's just immediately dead this one it, it was nice kind of a little bit more of a build up and a little bit more of yeah, because she comes home and realizes it and is freaked out that her yeah, dead daughter I, is back. I, I like that. Like, the daughter, the wife is immediately like, no, this is terrible. Like, um, why did you do this? Why did you do this? Um, but she dies, and then before dying, she says, please don't bury me to the father. And basically, the daughter decides to knock out the father. Apparently, I mean, you talked about this. I thought coming back she would just be like this to have the strength of a little girl apparently you told me she like pumps some iron in a scene I, like it's, when I got yeah out. it's a deleted <laughs> scene it's there because she 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 must do reps she's able to kill not only her mother but her father she's also able to push a full-on like loaded desk out of the way of a door yeah and she's sneaky and can teleport too because she Everybody jumps on roofs in this movie. Yeah, apparently there's it's roofs jumping, and she can teleport from the second story of the building to the first story of the building without any of us knowing it. So. Yeah, and after the mother dies, she's like, "Oh, I want my family back," so she's dragging the mom to the pet cemetery. Um, it's kind of funny. Oh yeah, we actually talked about that. Um, so this pet cemetery where you're actually supposed to bury the person is up on a hill. It's, it's, it's a pretty big hill, too. It's, it's a mile almost off from the pet cemetery, which, yeah. And, yes, this little girl drags her mother up there, but that's not the one we want to talk about. Earlier, like I said, the father starts Googling things, and one of the clippets is apparently a prized bull was uh, dead, but then is now wandering in the middle of town. Yeah. So... You have to wonder, like, who fuck like packed a bull up a hill <laughs> to bring it back? Yeah, to it's. Life? I mean, that's not. The, <laughs> it's it's just kind of nitpicky stuff. Yeah, but it, it was funny to think about the visual of someone trying to bring their they, pet bull back, and then for someone to write a story about <laughs> man, this guy's bull that I thought died, he, it's back. Because they show like the way up to the hill is like this very narrow kind of skinny way mm-hmm. so it's, it is nitpicky but it's like how the fuck do they get a bull like, yeah. up, like a dead bull yeah. carcass up that thing yeah um but yeah the, the father kind of comes to after being knocked out and yeah, you tries can... to go find them um and then he's very unsuccessful <laughs> yeah, very he gets killed as well you want to talk about the ending in this regards yeah um I kind of I kind of dig the ending um the daughter eventually is kind of overpowered by the father and the father's about to chop her head off with a shovel and he's like pleading with her well you just wanted us to be a family again and he's like that won't happen and she more or less says it can still be a family dad and she's just trying to trick him meanwhile that happens the the mom comes back stabs him through the chest then you kind of see where the film is going to go from there where he gets buried then and all three of them are happy together 
ready to go get Cage, their son, who's, yeah, the, wait, who's waiting in a van. The two-year-old is locked in a car. Yeah, who was told. And it's a nice, not it was a nice little setup. She, the mom, when hiding him in there, was like, "Don't open this door for anyone but me." Yeah. And it's just nice little stinger. They kind of come out of the forest and imply they're going to kill their son, so they can all be a demonic Wendigo family together. Yeah, so that's how the film ends, is that they're all zombified, and we don't know what happens with them. They're just kind of... Yeah, and then it cuts to your favorite song. Oh, God, that cover of the Pet Cemetery song by the Ramones. There's, there's, I know what was going to happen, there's a small, chant, uh, a small part of me that when they were on top of the hill, because it was like flat... That for some reason the Ramones are going to be up there and <laughs> start playing the pets. Because they bury them up there? <laughs> they bury the Ramones on top of the hill. And just, yeah. They come back and start playing Pet Cemetery. Uh, a, fun, a fun fact, um, then the original, um, yeah. the truck that does run over Cage is blaring the Ramones. And I'll have to go back and look <laughs> to see if um, that is, in fact, Pet Cemetery. That might have been a little too on the nose. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing I want to talk about. So, after this truck... Plows over a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. You see, it's like a couple days later. It's the same fucking truck. Same company. Same which, company. Yeah. Plowing down that road going like 75 miles. Like, there's... Yeah, they... I know it's something nitpicky and you shouldn't really care about it, but still, it's just like, there had been something done about that if the kid got yeah, killed because of a trucker. It's, not. it's interesting, um, for all the backstory this uh, movie kind of adds to it, um, well, it, it's interesting because I just remembered there is a little bit more backstory. Like, that uh, factory is right down the road from them. Oh, really? And that's one reason why those trucks are coming. And I just remembered, too, uh, the reason that Pet Cemetery got started is because all those trucks kept hitting everyone's animals. Oh, really? So they would bury them there. So I'm wondering if maybe that's why, in retrospect, I'm wondering if that's in retrospect why they don't take them further to the resurrect place. And they just bury him there because they don't know. Because in the first movie, it just implies that oh, Walmart ran over my cat, and <laughs> so I need to <laughs> bury it over here. It's, it's still the one thing that bothers me is it just they get to like the doorstep and they're just like, ah, yeah, we could we could, but we just don't yeah. feel like because the way it's like I said, it's it's pretty much a wall of tree bark or trees that yeah. stacked on top, but it's not like. Huge. It looks like you could just walk around it. Yeah. I mean, it looks cool for what it is, but it doesn't really like expand out that far. No, it's it's yeah, it's just like a lot of odd things. The cat is now laying on the bed. Yes, the cat is. So if we sound muffled, that is why. Oh, oh no. All right. Well, <laughs> so me and you were talking about this because um, we both watched Uninvited. You know. <laughs> they, I don't, the classic. Yes, the classic. Uh, for some reason, the cat also makes a shit ton of noises, even though it's sometimes not yeah, talking yeah. or like not not talking, but not like having its mouth open. It still wants to purr. And yeah, which like I told you earlier, that was probably my favorite part of the movie was just the cat because it was just an asshole. It's just an ass, and <laughs> it's just like that in the original too. Like I, yeah, I, there's a moment where the father's like, I gotta put down this cat. And he hesitates because the cat's are like, oh, but not me. <laughs> and then he, he, that cat is nothing but a jerk, and it should have. I, I'm surprised he didn't take care of it. So, talking about the score and everything, the effects in it. I mean, you talked about. Yeah, uh, the effects were really good, honestly. The um, only one that really got me was when the guy got his like Achilles tendon sliced open. Yeah. That was pretty gruesome. Yeah, yeah, no, and it, it looked, it looked really good. Yeah. Um, and again. Um, 
I think in the original, he gets it slit, Cage is hiding underneath the bed, and they kind of set it up like that exact thing's gonna happen again, but then he gets his tendon slit somewhere else. But no, the effect is really solid. Um, the bad ones are when they're walking through, as you call oh, them, yeah. as you're calling it Mordor, uh, on their way to the actual like burial ground, yeah. they walk through the swamp. And there was this cheesy, like, Scooby-Doo lightning, uh, lighting effect yeah. they do in the background, and you can really tell that it was shot on soundstage yeah. in certain parts. And then later on, when the cat is coming back before the pretty much the, uh, semi-truck wrecks, the cat looks massive when it's walking oh, down yeah, the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks, that. like, two times bigger than a normal house cat. Yeah. Okay, Ash. Input. You're a, she, your cat does not appreciate you Maybe nitpicking fun. the film <laughs> and its portrayal of felines. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, um, but, no, I... There is, yeah, there is some dodgy effects, but, um... The gore, I thought, was pretty solid. Uh, what there was in it. Zelda looked amazing. That was... Um, and your reaction to Zelda was oh, great. Because I... it's just... It's, it's so creepy, the way she's portrayed in the film. What would I compare it to? Um, she looks like a cross between Gollum from Lord of the Rings and the hunchback thing from 300, I think. Because, <laughs> like, how, yeah, yeah. like, how fucked up her back is. Yeah, it's, it's just... It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's got some great scenes. Anytime Zelda and that whole subplot is on the screen, it's pretty great. Um, as far as other gore, or... The, um, the, the kid that gets hit by the car... That, Oh, yeah, like, you see his brain, uh, yeah. kind of pulsate. Yeah, it was, it was pretty solid. It was, like, a weird effect, though, to me, you started, like, busting out laughing, is they're trying to, like... There's so much blood. Like, there's they're trying much, His, I mean, his his brains are rolling out of his head, but, yeah, and they're, they're like, like, we can still save him, and I'm like, uh... <laughs> they have him on the bed, and the, and the dad's, like, or, you know, the main character, the father, is trying to get everybody, like, hey, we need blood. And then it does, like, this evil dead effect where you see, like, the blood just, like, spurt out, like, yeah, a line from yeah. that head. You're just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. What? I mean... Was, that was a really cool effect, the dead body. Um, there's, a good, there's a good effect um, when the daughter is stalking their neighbor, Grandpa, as I jokingly called him. Yeah. Um, John Lithgow. Um, she has a cat mask on from the funeral possession... Procession, yeah. That the uh, that was shown earlier. Um, when she removes the cat mask to basically, <laughs> yeah, they're really, they're really happy about this. Then it's the cat mask. The cat that mask. Summoned her, but um. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's hilarious. It almost sounds like be real in the back. I'm sure. But um, she removes the cat mask and basically she immediately her face turns into. John Lithgow's wife, and it's revealed to the audience that he had um, brought his wife back, and basically she torments him, and you don't know what's real, if she's actually her spirit or not, but yeah. it's a cool effect, just when her mask comes up, that she morphed immediately into the, the neighbor's yeah. uh, dead wife. Um, but effects are pretty good. Um, I didn't, aside from the obvious green screens, I didn't really have yeah. a problem with it. I mean... I didn't really think of anything else to talk about, really. Um, um, so we, we went through the plot and... Went all, the, all in a run, all, run around area. Yeah, run around area with that one. Yeah, we are <laughs> just kind of all over the place. I just kind of sound with a dead cat, like, prop they used. You couldn't really... I mean, I don't want to see a dead cat, but, I mean... Yeah. When you can 
when you and you were talking about like reanimator. Yeah, if you compare it to reanimator, <laughs> it's the the prop is pretty shit looking in a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wait, that's one more thing I gotta talk about. What happens when you so the cat from what they show is it's like twisted up and yeah. everything. Even though it's a bad prop, you can still kind of tell it's twisted. But when they take it to the cemetery and it gets revived, does the Wendigo, like, heal it? Because he, yeah. I mean, you were wondering about yeah, that. Yeah, because the cat is perfectly fine. The daughter, when she comes back, one of her eyes is kind of bugging out. and We, made, we called it Forrest Whitaker. Uh, yeah. And um, she has stitches in the back of her head, so they're not 100% Heal. Again, this is all kind of nitpicky but stuff. It's just like, it's we're just, just kind of wondering, like, what happens if it was... Yeah, the lore we of were it. talking about it because the neighbor has a severed deer head. And we were like, what happens if you take that to Pet Cemetery? <laughs> does, it, does, like, the whole body come back? Or is it just, like, the head that's reanimated? Yeah, yeah. These are questions for the sequel. Hopefully they'll address them. Oh, yeah. I mean, what could they do with the sequel? Oh, yeah. there is a sequel to the original. There is? Yeah, I've never seen it. I've never even heard of yeah, it. Yeah, so. there is a sequel. I'm not sure who comes back in that, but... With that though, I, mean, I somebody well, I guess you need another neighbor who negligent. He tells don't. his new neighbor, Hey, there's something up here that's horrible, but Which, I won't tell you about the horrible aspect of later. That was one thing that really sticks out. I mean, you were talking about it is the neighbor, as you called him grandpa, says that not everybody, like, nobody really knows about the cemetery besides like some of the kids and every or nobody knows about the actual burial ground yeah, to the, resurrect yeah. them, but. I mean, through the clippets and the Google paper that the father was looking through, I mean, I think, like, 15 people maybe know yeah. about, like, where this fucking cemetery is at. All the people that helped uh, that poor... Helped this... Uh, yeah, the, carry that ox up the, or the, the <laughs> bull, bull or whatever. Yeah, they you. carried a bull up there. I mean, I know it wasn't, it wasn't just one guy. Just yeah, drag no. The so bull. He, he had to hire movers, and <laughs> movers told people. There's a Vietnam vet, apparently... Like his corpse went missing, and then, yeah. his, and then they say like his parents or his wife or something went missing I, too. And it clip. flashed by real quick. And then there's like two more incidents he looks at, so it's like quite a few people know about where this actual yeah. cemetery is. See, maybe they'll set up an, an expanded universe then, where the whole town uses it. The whole town, they yeah. just skip the cemetery, yeah. but they go out to the actual actual burial. Yeah, town. yeah. But Not to the fake one that. Yeah, I mean so. I mean, in kind of closing about the film, I don't know if I would... I'd recommend it over a lot of horror movies I've seen. Like, I just recently saw Us. Yeah. I would say I enjoyed Pet Cemetery more than Us. Um, I don't think Pet Cemetery is great, but it's definitely not terrible. You said you enjoyed it more than It as well. Oh, yes. I, 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 I feel like It, like every part where it tried to be scary, just completely fell on its face. And while Pet Cemetery wasn't exactly terrifying, it was very well at unsettling. And it wasn't just using jump scares like the, like it. So I enjoyed it a lot more than it, um, which I found well-directed, but just not good in horror yeah. <laughs> aspect. So out of like a 10 rating, what would you give it? Uh, uh, I mean, I guess a 6 or 6.5. I, uh, I would say about, I'd say about... Five or a five, five yeah. or, no five point five six. Yeah. I, like you said, I think or I said, I think you liked it a little bit more than I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a film I probably never watch again. I probably um, won't watch it again. But if I could recommend anything, I would tell you to watch. Um, I believe it's the director. He wrote a movie called Starry Eyes, yeah. which I think is 
tremendously better than Pet Cemetery. So I recommend that, and I give it an eight, a seven point five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with the closing of that, so you like the film? Like I, you gave it? I, a, I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it? I guess I, yeah. No pun intended. I'm lukewarm on it. Oh God, no, I feel like the pun was intended. Slightly. 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 So, with Pet Cemetery me out of the way, before I close it and go into what's going on next week, I'm doing this, me and Luke are kind of doing this as an impression for the first time because I actually have, at the beginning, beginning of May, me, him, and another friend possibly, if he shows up, are going to do a triple feature. <laughs> That's the podcast is going to be super long, possibly. Because we were reviewing, <laughs> we'll stay more on track. Yeah, that we'll, stay, we'll stay more on track because we were reviewing three films. Two of them were wasn't two of them both of them banned for a while, weren't they? I don't know that backstory. I'll, I'll definitely have a lot to say about those films. Both of them, two out of the three, are extremely controversial. The third film, it mm-hmm. kind of takes both parts of both and interjects it because the it's third film is based by Eli Roth and other. The third film, the other two, are just like inspiration for whatever yeah. reason. But God, those three films. I mean, the first one is Cannibal Holocaust, which notorious. The notorious Cannibal Holocaust, which Luke has seen. Mm-hmm. Cannibal Ferox, which neither of us have seen. And which did you ever get your barf bags for that? I did not get my barf bags, and I'm still upset. I will contact that one. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. Yeah. Sent me that. <laughs> Who <laughs> sent me the disc? And then the last film, which I have seen but Luke hasn't seen, is Green Inferno. So that'll be the first weekend of May, and I am not looking forward to that in the sense of I don't and that, know. That'll be. You'll just hear you and me just war down. We'll just be war down oh, after God. watching those films. Oh, also, I mean, uh, forgot about it. We'll also be going over Mortal Kombat 11 because that we'll also have that in between each film too. So four reviews on that one day <laughs> oh god I'm still not looking forward to that just because I don't know what's in those movies but what I've seen on the covers are horrifying yeah should should people that own it and have posters contact you and ask oh like, yes who, who who's actually hung these up in their houses and what was their thought um, for those of you that know anything about Cannibal Holocaust there is I guess one of the famous scenes is they happen upon a girl with impaled. a pike, yeah, with yeah, it's impaled, and I bought the Blu-ray edition of both films of Ferox, actually all three of them, but with Ferox and Holocaust, I got like collector's items. So if anybody wants a poster mm-hmm. to hang in their house, yeah, of Ferox and uh, or no, no, just Holocaust, just, just Holocaust. Holocaust, yeah. If you want the soundtrack, a very tasteful. Yes, if you guys want the soundtrack to both films, well, the soundtrack's really good. The soundtrack is really good. The Ferox one, man. That's it. Holocaust has a really cool yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, so that will be the first of May, and which we will go over that. Probably post a bunch of more stuff about that as it gets closer. But thank you, Luke, for joining me. No, I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah, Thanks so, for letting me ramble. <laughs> Thanks for rambling with me. And I'm ready to go out to the closer, so I'll meet you guys there. With all that being said, there's another episode of A Slasher Supreme. Please like, share, favorite, thumbs up, subscribe, or whatever you have to do to let me know you're out there listening. And if there's a certain video game or movie you'd like me to review, please leave me a voice message here on Anchor or on the Facebook page. 
Today's fun facts are over the man Stephen King himself. The first fun fact is that Stephen King is actually in a rock band. I had no clue on that one, like, what's over. I did not know about that at all. The only kind of famous person or famous person that I know that was in, or that I've known about that being in a band is Christopher Lee from the Hammer Dracula films. Or if you never watched those, he was Count Dooku in the prequel Star Wars trilogy. The other fun fact is that he wrote the novel The Running Man. Um, those of you that know the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, he actually wrote that in only 10 days. So there's two fun facts for you to know about. Next week's podcast, I have two movies I'm debating on reviewing. One is a trauma film, and the other is a request I actually had had received over the film The Witch. I might do both movies next week, or I might just do an in-depth review over one. I'm not really sure yet. It just kind of it just depends on how it goes. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you on the next episode.